Welcome back to the Hold That Podcast podcast, everybody. Uh, for the second time today, uh, I am your host, Chris Branch, along with my co-host, Brody Miller, who has had just a kind of busy day. Um, how are you feeling, Brody? What are you drinking? I was going to say, I, I have a, a whiskey sour in hand right now, so if you hear some Solid. clanking people, it, we are recording this at 10 p.m. at night after a very long day of reporting and writing and recording another podcast this morning with you so uh i'm gonna enjoy this drink but yeah lsu has a new football coach man so let, let me take you guys through a timeline because if you listen to our podcast earlier today first thank you for being you know on it and listening uh day of podcast but also we recorded that podcast around 11 30 noon yeah, and so. uh we you know, I, I thought it was a great podcast. We didn't mention Brian Kelly. Once. I was proud of that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then the moment we hung up, you were like, I have to go. People are calling me. And so we're texting throughout the day. And like literally 30 minutes after we hang up, he goes, I'm hearing a lot on Brian Kelly. And then he's like, me and Bruce are hearing something on Kelly. Bruce Feldman, for those who don't know who I'm talking about, the athletics, like big college football guy who is as plugged in as it, as it gets. Um, so it was amazing that we had this great podcast that did not mention the guy that LSU poached three hours. I know. Later. Even when I was tweeting out the, the podcast, I was like, a possibly terribly timed podcast. That's <laughs> exact. I hope I want to go back and look at the metrics of like what that one did and send each one of those people yeah. like a thank you letter. Like, hey, man, thanks I, I for putting in the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we get some koozies made and send to those people or something like that's that? Just like, not, that's know. a good idea in general. I mean, yeah. I think so, but yeah, too. man. I'll it, get it, on that. I, it was just a wild, like, and I want to preface, and we'll get into so much of this more as we go, but, like, Kelly was honestly one of the first, I mean, Jimbo is obviously the first name everyone hears, right? And then, even, by the way, Lincoln Riley was kind of one of the first names I heard back in October. After that, it was a lot of BS, but one of the first names I heard that I was, like, I actually confirmed LSU, kind of, at least I know for a fact, reach out to, was Brian Kelly back in that first week. And, but it was kind of, and I, by the way, I heard he kind of even thought about it. Like, you know, he called some people around Louisiana. He talked to people, I think, and, and, and he kind of decided no, you know, and, and maybe it's a fake. No, I don't know. But it's just interesting that it, it just, his name went away for a full six weeks. And then all of a sudden, like, like you said, like 12 o'clock today, it just picked up so much steam so fast that by like two, you know, two o'clock, it was like, wow, this is really happening. And we were, the athletic was you know, one of the early ones to report that this is a main target. And then by what, five thirty, six o'clock, it's like, it's happening. It was just mm-hmm. kind of a chaotic, just speed, you know, thing. And it's one of those things where it's like, even while we're reporting it, you know, Bruce and I are kind of saying like, yeah, I believe they're targeting, but it just doesn't seem like that's really going to happen. I think I even said that to you. It just didn't, it felt like a leverage play. He does have a history of doing that, Brian Kelly, you know, and it felt right. like a, I'm trying to get something out of this. And, and almost like so many other things like that else he's been rumored with, it just seemed like it was going to end up being like, yeah, but it doesn't work out. So when it really happened, it was a little surprising. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, I think is a surprise to almost everyone in the college football world. So it's incredible that, you know, one of my favorite things is coaches and press conferences when they're asked about other jobs. And Brian Kelly yes. had one of the best ones, especially now, because he was asked about if he would ever leave Notre Dame. And this was after Mike Tomlin was asked and about LSU, if I remember correctly. And he's yep. emphatically said no. And then I want to read you the quote. No, quote, Brian Kelly, when asked if he'd ever leave Notre Dame aside from retirement, no, I mean, look, I think Mike Tomlin had the best line, right? 
Unless the fairy godmother comes by with that $250 million check, my wife would want to take a look first. I have to run it by her, which at the time we took as he's never going to leave. But <laughs> he basically said, well, it's up to my wife, really. And now Brian Kelly's LSU's head coach with a slightly less than $250 million check, but honestly, not that much less. Well, Scott so, Woodward, the fairy godmother or whatever. Yeah. Fairy godmother. Um, first off, let me just hear your thoughts on the hire in general. What do you, do you think that this was as good of a hire as it seems on paper? Yeah, right. Because so much of what we talk about at just like extreme length at this show is this concept of perception, right, with coaches and like next big thing versus boring and all that. And Brian Kelly somehow exists in a world that's in between both where he doesn't feel sexy, right? He doesn't like like but that's silly because he is, Mm -hmm. you know, he's the 60 year old who kind of has this reputation for not winning the title and all that. But it's like. He is unanimously one of the five best coaches in college football off track record. Like, he is the ultimate winner. I mean, he is an elite, elite football coach. And, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I think uh, Bruce Feldman and Stu, and Stu Mandel at the Athletic here, they, you know, every year they do their top 25 coaches in college football. Both of them at Kelly number three overall this year, I think is a good indicator. I mean, he is a guy who, my favorite coaches to follow are the ones that their whole career is head coaches. You know, those guys who start low and just like rise as head mm-hmm. coaches the whole way. I love those guys. And yeah, I mean, guy won unreal amount 13 years at a, at Grand Valley State, won two national titles. Then in three years at Central Michigan goes from four and seven to nine and four. Then Cincinnati goes like 34 and six and ends with that fantastic undefeated uh, Sugar Bowl season that a lot of people thought they should have been the title game. And then all of a sudden he goes to Notre Dame, which I feel like people have somehow forgotten. Like people are acting like, man, guy can't win a title. Notre Dame was nothing for about 18 years. Like they were kind of a joke. They were a team that kept hiring big name coaches, kept failing, kept going like seven and five. Like they were in the, I don't know what the right term is, but struggling. And I mean, he got them to an elite place. He took them to a national title game, two college football playoff appearances. He has made them a perennial 10-12 to 12 win team every single season. So he is the ultimate guy who can win. Like, I know that. And and by the way, Notre Dame isn't as talented as, like, the best, you know, the the big five or whatever they are. Like, he they isn't. Like, he recruits well. He gets top 20, top 15, maybe yes. every now and then a top 10 class. But not elite talent, you know, because they have the academic requirements and all these other things. And he does that every year. Like, I know he don't win the title, but, like, he's getting to the playoff all the time with technically less talented teams. So I I think of him as the ultimate winner. And I know we're going to go in so much more depth about, like, the fit, the recruiting mm-hmm. at LSU. I actually really want to get into that later. But to me, he is the ultimate, you know, winner and, and the ultimate track record. And honestly, in a lot of ways, I view him as exactly what LSU needs, even if not what they want. You know, he is right. not the offensive guru that I know you wanted and a lot of people wanted. But, like, first off, he was that guy, actually. He was so that guy. When I mean, he left like, Cincinnati. kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. He was that when he left Cincinnati. Then, over 13, you know, 12 years, has become more of a CEO, which I think is almost a, a big, better compliment. He's kind of both. And he is, I don't know, he's a guy who is a grown up in the room. You know, he's a guy who knows how to run a program, who knows how to have a plan and recruit to it and do all these things. So I kind of feel like he is a perfect fit for LSU, even if like the opposite of what they want. Sorry, long way to go. So take that where that you was will. Good. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I would like to make one note in your rant Please. about Notre Dame before him, because LSU fans can attest that the best team in that modern era of the mediocrity 
LSU beat that ass in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, and Jamarcus Russell left frog leapfrogged uh, Brady Quinn for the uh, number one pick. Anyway, just wanted to note that because the best team that they ever had with the highest prospects got waxed in a sugar bowl that they end up didn't not mattering. Um, let me take you through my, as a fan reaction and the fan base is just as divided as they were this morning. When we talked about their thoughts on Scott Woodward, they're just as divided about Brian Kelly. When I first heard it, I was—I didn't know how to feel. I mean, he is—he is not the sexy hire, like you said, because this is all personality-driven. Is—is what I have really come to like realize today, is that the last two LSU head coaches, Les Miles and Ed Ogeron, were big personalities. You know, they are charis—they're charismatic. They are charmers. They're good recruiters. They're great in a press conference. Now, we have said that you would not uh, put them in the top tier of X's and O's and even CEOs, really, uh, over a long period of time, even if Ed kind was of all you know, really CEOs, great for yeah. two years there. Um, and so it, it, it's not going to jump off the page. And at first, I was like, man, this guy is not a cultural fit. Like, he, I can't see him landing here and, you know, winning over a lot of people immediately. You know, he's this red-faced, angry guy who... <laughs> As you know, he he's an angry dude. That's what he comes off as. At least he's passionate. You know, if if Coach O is yelling like that, they're gonna call him a passionate Cajun man. But if Brian Kelly's getting red in the face, screaming at a ref, he's a small, angry man. Which I don't know if is fair. But I'm saying that was my immediate reaction. I was like, man, we are getting this like. Uh, it kind of comes off as like a cop, like an authoritarian, you know, from from the outsider's <laughs> perspective. No, I, I've I've gotten a really good kick out of the he's a cop. I saw one tweet that really got me, and I think you'll love this. It was Brian Kelly looks like somebody who would turn Will Wade in, and that really got me. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of perfect, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but then you know, I, I thought more, and people saying that oh, he's from the Midwest, he's never been here, and you know what? If even if you look past LSU's three coaches. I, it doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't matter for shit because Les Miles never coached in Louisiana before. I mean, he coached in Dallas for the Cowboys, but like, and he came in and recruited his ass off and was great. And you know, yeah. the last person to come to LSU as a small, red faced, angry white man was Nick Saban, who had never coached out outside of the Midwest really before that. I'm not saying Brian Kelly is going to be Nick Saban, but I'm saying it, it yeah, like yeah. these reasons that we are, that we are manufacturing for not liking Brian Kelly are not all obvious and smart and true. Uh, I think he is a fantastic hire on paper. Uh, he is yeah. averaged at 10 wins over the last five years. I mean, you can't find a better program builder and I think he's going to come in and I think he's going to succeed right away. And I think he's going to win a lot of games here. I'm fascinated to see him against Nick Saban, Kirby smart and the recruiting trail. Um, it yeah. seems like LSU LSU's recruits have already responded to this, especially Walker Howard. Shout out to him. Um, and I also saw, and I, I know you reported this, that he's definitely keeping Kevin Falk on staff, which will please LSU fans. I can confirm he's keeping Corey Raymond. I can't confirm oh, okay. Kevin Sorry. Falk yet. But he can't might be very Falk well. Is. I, can, I believe the report. There, were, there was Someone a couple reports out that. there, yeah. and I, I hope that's true. Um I do feel like that what is going to get bandied about as a negative for Brian Kelly that we should probably acknowledge is the death of Declan Sullivan 10 years ago. Now, it's a sensitive issue. Um, Notre Dame and Brian Kelly were largely at fault. Nobody was pinpointed in that. I've done a lot of reading on this today to make sure I had my, my facts straight on it. 
Um, it happened a long time ago. Actually, the family in Notre Dame really made up. And I don't want to say they made up because a, a kid died, but it is not that, you know, there there is a lot of irresponsible or a little hot take tweety about, you know, basically Brian Kelly murdered a kid, um, which I think is slightly unfair. You know, I, I urge you guys to go read the stories. This is the only, this, I only say this because I feel like we would be bad journalists for not acknowledging this, this point, that the legitimate pockmark on his record is this. It happened 10 years ago. Um, I'm, I hope LSU did due diligence on that. It seems like Notre Dame resolved the matter as well as they could. Um, I like to think that Brian Kelly learned from it. He's going to move forward and that he values the safety of everyone around him going forward. That's, that's something that we just have to acknowledge. It's uncomfortable. It's not cool. Um, but otherwise, I mean, people also grow, people need second chances. Um, it's a horrible thing that happened. It's a tragedy. It wasn't one person's fault. And, um, it's been a long time since then. And, you know, I don't think Brian has had a lot of personal issues that I know about since then. Um, and we can, let's get back into, I I don't want to. No, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of personnel things, another factor that we talked about that LSU needed in a CEO coach that wasn't like basically the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator calling plays, which from what I gather, Brian Kelly is not doing that anymore. He's not calling plays. Correct. He's, he's an offensive guy, but Tommy Reese is calling the plays at Notre Dame and whoever was the OC there has been doing that. Yes. Um, so, but I do want to highlight that Brian Kelly has had an outstanding track record of coordinator hires, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, LSU fans will remember last off season when coach Ogeron, tried to hire Marcus Freeman and Brian Kelly got to him first and convinced him to come to Notre Dame and LSU ended up with Durante Jones after going to five different people in, in between because Marcus was the top DC on the market. Um, I believe Marcus is going to be the interim coach at Notre Dame for a possible playoff berth, which is yeah. just highlights, <laughs> it highlights the stunning nature of this hire that Brian Kelly is leaving before a possible playoff berth at a, top flight blue blood at blue blood as they get school in the country, which says a lot to Scott Woodard and his reeling in that big fish. Um, but all of that is to say that I have a lot of faith going in and who Brian Kelly will hire to run both sides of the ball. Um, I think it brings a lot of stability. And as a few people have pointed out, this is the most accomplished head coach that LSU's hired in the modern era, maybe ever. Um, that is an indisputable fact. However you feel about him personally, morally, I mean, you can have your misgivings. Clearly Scott Woodward did not care as much about that as, as we have talked about. He uh, cares about winning. I don't know if he cares too much about the PR battle really. And no. wins, wins are going to happen. Um, I, I have a lot of faith in Brian Kelly going forward. I'm not going to lie. And I, and I think that he is going to win really fast and I, I'm excited. I mean, you know, he, he's not this, uh, oh, man, we got our guy. He is one of us like Coach O was, or yeah. he's this weirdo charmer like Les Miles was, and maybe in bad ways. But By the way, you slipped a little bit into a Delco accent on weirdo there. You're a little no, weirdo. I didn't. No, I didn't. No, you I didn't. did a little bit weirdo. <laughs> I'm just saying. You did. He's a weirdo. Um, no, he brings a ton of stability. And I, and I think that uh, if he keeps those guys on staff, those local ties, I think that's a huge need. You know, yeah. Corey Raymond, Kevin Falk, whoever, maybe 
Brad Davis. Maybe Brad Davis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, I think. And by the way, I'm going to continue. Yes. No, no, no. I just think that's a huge priority. I think it should be for Brian because. Uh, and also, I, I did want to point out the last thing on my rant there is that uh, Notre Dame has been an offensive line factory for the last five to six, seven years. And as we mentioned on our first podcast today, that that is the big position group that LSU will need to fix immediately going forward into next season. And if Brian Kelly can somehow, I don't know if he can get some guys to transfer from Notre Dame. I don't know if he can get some people on the, on the transfer portal, whatever. I have, I have a lot of faith that he can shore that up. He's shown a track record of doing that. And if he can do that, like, let's go. <laughs> I'm pumped. Yeah. And I think something you got to well there is like, because I think one thing I kept saying so much off early in the search when people were like, give me Lane Kiffin and all that. I'm like, CEO isn't bad. I'm not pushing for CEO, but it's CEO isn't bad. You just had a guy who wasn't a good CEO. Like, that was what I kept trying mm-hmm. to say to people. And I think that's exactly, I think you put it pretty well. Like, he is a good CEO. Like, he... First off, he has the offensive guru background, but he's a good CEO. And he, like you said it well, he has such a good history of hiring well. Like Mike Elko at Texas A&M, right? Yep. Came from Notre Dame. Clark Lee, now head coach at Vanderbilt. I mean, we could keep going. Marcus Freeman obviously is there now. He's a, he, he is a very – I mean, there's so many I'm just like weirdly blanking on right now. But he is an elite hire of coaches. So I think – even if I don't know if like Tommy Reese is going to join him, even like I think I think that they would love Tommy Reese to come with, but he's a Notre Dame alum. I don't know if he's obviously just going to bail for LSU. I don't know, but you right. know, even if he doesn't, I feel pretty confident he'll hire a good OC. And, and again, it's LSU and Brian Kelly. You know that that marriage could work mm-hmm. really well. What makes so and I and I very confident he's going to get a good defensive coordinator, whoever that is. What makes us what will make define this hire and make it so interesting is that the thing you said. And it's the caveat we can't ignore is. It is a weird culture fit, even aside from like culture, because I think that part's BS. Like, who cares about culture? It's just the idea this guy has never coached further south than Cincinnati. And, you know, he, but I think in a lot of what I'm doing here is, you know, we can criticize a lot. There are a lot, yeah, I don't know if he's going to work out well going up against Kirby Smart, Nick Saban on recruits every week. Like, I don't know. And I, and he might lose that battle. But I think, you know, just to rationalize it as a positive, I think the way I've thought about it, and I've kind of run this by some other recruiting people who I trust far more than myself in that area, and they kind of agreed with me. It's a little galaxy brain theory, but still, I believe this is, okay, at Notre Dame, Brian, first off, Brian Kelly, anyone would tell you, I asked Pete Sampson this, are, are incredible. You, by the way, there's so many good Pete Sampson stories I've tweeted out about him that people should really read for background, but... I mean, he basically put it to me as, yeah, he, Brian Kelly doesn't really like recruiting, quite frankly, but he's a good one. You know, it's not like one or the mm-hmm. other. He's a good recruiter. He just doesn't love it. And when you're recruiting in Notre Dame, though, I'd point out to people, you are spread out nationally, which is kind of a challenge, right? You are a national recruiter. Notre Dame is the most national job in sports in terms of college. And you also have these academic requirements that make it really hard. And the fact that, by the way, he still cranks out these classes with some of that kind of different – Maybe, I'm not saying it's harder. Like, Notre Dame is a great – people want to go there. But it's just, like, a more strenuous life, I guess would be a good way to put it. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think the way I, I put this in my story, too, the thing is, he if he at LSU, I mean, it's not easy, but it is simpler, I guess would be a better way to put it. Your backyard is really stable if you are good at your job. If you are a good mm-hmm. recruiter, 
you are just nailed down Louisiana. Like this year is a loaded Louisiana year, right? Like nail down Louisiana, and that alone makes you like a top twelve class. Like if you never even left Louisiana, and right. and then you know hang around, you know get your Texas guys, get you know get a few of those. And also, by the way, he now has a background as a national recruiter, so you can also right. use that when you need to. He has those connections. So and some they, I really do believe it's like. He actually might be a I'm not gonna say a better recruiter, but he might it might just work out better for him that it's like you ha- you know where your focus is. Like this is your backyard and this is where you are hitting. These are your pipelines. That makes life a little easier. So I actually think it could work out well for him. Also, they have an infrastructure that's gonna help him out. Like you said, Corey Raymond, maybe Kevin Falk, maybe Brad Davis, maybe Blake Baker, guys who are great recruiters who don't Austin this Thomas will probably stick yeah, around, I assume. And that's exactly. That was gonna be my next point. Thank you. It's like Jed Austin Thomas, the general manager, that was a Woodward hire, not an Ogeron hire. Like Austin Thomas is going to most likely be in place for Brian Kelly. So you have a head coach who maybe doesn't love recruiting. Well, you have a general manager who kind of can help tra- that transition, you know, be your roster management guy to kind of, hey, you maybe have to make the phone calls, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, they have a really good support staff who could help bridge those gaps. So I think he could be a really, you know, I'm not saying he's a good fit here, but I think it could work out really well in that way. But that is the thing I'm most fascinated to see. You know, I will point out Walker Howard, the five-star number one quarterback in the country, LSU commit, but he did visit Notre Dame and and likes him a lot. I think this kind of locks that up. I think it's safe to say. Yeah, I saw I I, I saw that uh, that Walker is already excited about it, uh, which is which is good to see. I believe he said Um, there we are going to win championships, which. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Um, I'm good with that. You know, uh, Brian Kelly also succeeded against LSU. I believe it was at Ogeron twice in bowl games that he beat. Um, which I don't know how much that matters. I, I just, you know, the more the more this is marinated today, because you know, there's a flood of text when this comes out, and it's this developing thing, and uh, you know, people were kind of bummed about it because he's not the sexiest hire. But yeah, I mean. I don't think I don't think the fit super matters. He's going to come and win games, and as long as he surrounds himself with the right people, and I have a lot more faith in him to do that than Ed Ogeron or even Les Miles to do. So, I don't know. I I, I have a lot of confidence. I can't say that I'm like I said this morning. I can't say that I'm going to show up painted to the press conference and you know cheer and one like I would have done for Matt Rule or Lane Kiffin. My <laughs> yeah. still has my heart, but um, I think like we said, you know mediocre to above average coaches win a lot at LSU. And I think Brian Kelly is clearly a tier above that. Yeah. And so the future is bright. I'm excited. Yeah. My thing is, has always been, I repeat it like just obnoxiously and it might be naive. Like it might be me kind of an outsider just being wrong about this, but in my short time here, and again, you're just hearing me repeat that I've said so many times, but now it's here. So I actually believe it more is like LSU and you've said it too, but LSU has really been for about six, 17 years now, 16 years now, been kind. It, LSU has never actually been unlocked, quite frankly. Like, it's kind of weird. It's a job that is, they've won three national titles with its last three coaches, but it's also been like, I, I will always revert to T Bop's epic rant about how LSU is Greece because I think it's accurate. Yeah. It's so good. It is. And it's like, it really it's is. rises and falls, man. It is. But. You know, Les Miles won a national title and had a lot of success here, but also was volatile and had so many flaws. And Ed Ogeron won the best season yet and massive highs and lows. Really, LSU has only had, like, a stable program guy once. Nick, Not once. 
there's so many great coaches here. But in the last like 40 years, Nick Saban, and he was only it took him four years to build it, build one national title, and then he was gone. So you never got to see him like keep it going. And then you have had the most the volatile last 17 years. So just my thing is, I'm not saying LSU should be Bama, but we still just I don't know what the ceiling is. Like I actually don't. But I do know that we have never actually seen LSU consistently unlocked. It's always a temporary unlock and then like a flaw hits. And maybe that's who it is, man. There's some programs that that is just who you are. Well, it's like I, how you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State will always bring each other down. You know, that might be who LSU is. But I do wonder if Kelly can what it looks like if Kelly consistently keeps it rolling. It's true. And, you know, to your point, and this is, gets a little overlooked about Nick Saban because he deserves all the credit for bringing LSU's program to where the status that it enjoys today. But yes. I'm going to read you his records at LSU. Eight and four, 10 and three, eight and five, yep. 13 and one, nine yep. and three. And then he left. So he, d- he did not have this, you know, sparkling run of 10 win season after 10 win season. Les Miles did for a little while early on. And then, you know, 2011 happened and it was incredible. And then he just tanked from there. But even Nick Saban did not have this like sustained run of pure excellence at LSU that to your point, I think Brian Kelly could do. I think he's going to have all the tools, all the money uh, to do. So by the way, that's actually a really good point. I'm, I'm not, we're not going to, we don't have to talk about this, but I do just want to say like, yeah, I mean, we've gathered a big reason, reason Brian Kelly is ready to leave is because he wasn't really getting what he wanted out of, Notre Dame from, you know, for example, facilities or things like that. Uh, let me pull it up. Yeah, like, you know, there was a lot of things he wanted, like a, a chef for the football team and, like, they have a really bad training table situation or a really bad player lounge situation, like things that most elite programs have. And Notre Dame just weirdly didn't, even though it's one of the biggest programs in the country. And that was mm-hmm. a big part of it. Like, I don't know whether it was actually a leverage play or not, but that was part of him, you know, pushing for this was to get that you know and lsu has elite facilities arguably top two or three in the country in facilities Mm -hmm. and all that and you have those resources so and you have you know a booster base that will give you whatever you need if you're winning so it is again i hate using this term unlocked so often but i do wonder you know i wonder like he's actually been doing this without what what he needs to some extent and he has these requirements i don't want to like make it seem like he's going to be nick saban no but i do wonder like now that he has that what can he do Sorry, I just wanted to toss that in there because we didn't mention. No, it's it. it's perfect. Um, let's talk about money. So the 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 contract <laughs> that you I believe how much do you make? Is, uh, yeah. What's your contract? Um, <laughs> ten years, a hundred million with with incentives, and then there is a fifteen million dollar floating around out there that Dennis Dodd reported. Um, yes. You had ten years, a hundred million. Uh, can you like? Is that all? All you guys have heard for sure? Well, yeah. So I basically number? heard. I've heard. In the range of ten years, about like, and again, I'm you know about nine point five per year technically, and then with all the incentives, it probably gets about a hundred plus, you know. And I think so. And for you know for background, LSU was willing to pay Lincoln Riley more than that, you know, just mm-hmm. you know for our listeners. Like I think Lincoln Riley was going to get in the twelve five thirteen range, you know. So okay. it's just for context, but yeah, I mean, I think. What did, do we ever get a firm number on Lincoln Rally? It's a private school, so I don't think we ever got like a, a firm one. But but oh, what do you got okay, at USC? Yeah, no, but, no. yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I but, mean, there was there was a yeah, wild so report him, going around. Yeah, they're paying him huge money. You know, they're paying him more than Jimbo gets at A and M and stuff like that. He's one of the highest paid coaches in college football now. Right. You know, I, I do want to dispel some stuff or, or talk about uh, what Brian Kelly was making at Notre Dame, which 
is weird because Notre Dame is also a private school. So according to the USA Today salary base, he was only making $2.67 million in base salary, which (laughs) I believe Football Scoop and a couple other people said that that was, uh, you know, maybe slightly inaccurate that he was closer to like six or 7 million with bonuses every year. But I don't think anybody actually reported his contract. So either way, this is a raise for him from what, from what I gather. Um, and obviously a raise, raise in facilities, a raise in support staff. I mean, I'm sure LSU has like four chefs on staff, right? I know they have a literal athletic culinary department for that big, uh, cafeteria in the athletic facility for them. So, I mean, it's, it, it is, it is crazy to look back and think that Billy Napier got hired to Florida two days ago, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And in the time since two of the biggest jobs in the country have lost coaches and two of the biggest jobs in the country have gained them in, in the same fell swoop. I mean, this is the is wildest hard. coaching carousel of all time. There is no, it has to be close right. Close second. Like, yeah. I don't think there's 2016 is high up. It's probably the craziest before this that I remember, but this is the craziest. I mean, there was never any precedent ever for someone of Lincoln Riley stature leaving. Like I think Ross pointed out that Ross Dellinger pointed out like Roy Williams going from Kansas to UNC is really like the only one. And, that, and now yeah, yeah, that's pretty, I mean, Jimbo. Yes. But even that's just, felt, I don't know. It was kind of different. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley was unprecedented. And then for now, mm-hmm. Brian Kelly, who I know Lincoln, I think it's like accurate to say Lincoln has a bigger place in the coaching market share now, or like right now in the world. But like right. Brian Kelly is an even more successful coach leaving. That is even more unprecedented. He is the winningest coach to ever start at a new school for, for reference. You know, like there there is nothing like that. You know, a guy who, so it is the wildest cycle ever that like now Billy Napier going to Florida seems like the most boring hire in this whole cycle, you know? And yeah, yeah. so it's, it's an, a wild cycle and it goes back to, I mean, for our, our true, uh, hold that podcast heads, you know, the ones who even listened to the 12 PM edition, you know, we yeah. went, we talked so long about, you know, the Woodward thing going on right now. And it, this whole thing of being like, the delusion side that thinks, wait, he's got his guy. What are you talking about? And then the side that's like, they've been turned down six times. It's a freaking disaster. Kind of, he, he had an ace up his sleeve. You know, he had things ready. So credit where it's due. He is now the guy who has hired Chris Peterson to Washington, Jimbo Fisher to A&M, Buzz Williams to A&M, and Kim Mulkey to LSU, and now Brian Kelly to LSU. Like, he is, again, we will see all these things play out, but like, the like you i hate to like get dramatic there's probably someone i'm not thinking of but he's probably the greatest hire of coaches in ad history you know like just in terms of like mark like value in that moment like there's nothing like, like up it. front like yeah. I, I get what you're saying like maybe somebody is better in hindsight where like ooh, they cherry pick this coach and yeah, this coach exactly. really hit like really hit but this guy takes big swings and rarely misses and even when he misses he's got another big like strike one and then he's hitting strike two out the park so like you know what's going to make this one the most interesting though is it is really the first time sarkeesian's really the only other one but it's really the first time in his entire career he has hired a football coach and in theory he is going to be there to see it through and there's mm-hmm. a probably there is there are reasons scott woodward can get these guys he's a good ad to work for in a lot of ways he helps with recruiting he cuts through red tape like he's a raises money he's a good ad to work for coaches want to work for him that is why and there, so it's interesting that you know 
he didn't really see Peterson through. Peterson did great, no doubt about it. But mm-hmm. he didn't, you know, and then and he didn't really see Jimbo through. So it's just interesting to be like, wow, we're actually going to see for the first time what he can do for a coach. And I don't know what that means. Right. And usually it's things that we'll never like directly know about. There's no like tangible thing, but. I'm just really interested to see that. Also, like, yeah, what is Scott Wood? We keep talking about like LSU for Kelly. What it's going to? What is Scott Woodward going to open up for Brian Kelly? Because Scott Woodward is a very involved recruiter and things like that. Like, that is just the most fascinating part of this to me because this is the hire of Scott Woodward's life. Like, he is this renowned hirer, but he this is now at his alma mater, his home, Baton Rouge native, like yourself, and he is now making like the dream hire of his life. And he got Brian Kelly, and now we're going to actually see what happens. So it's just. I don't know, man. A lot of storylines. I'm excited. <sighs> so, could we an, ex, an official announcement? I assume tomorrow. You know, I, I, I don't know if you tomorrow, saw the yeah. um, the little message he left in the team, the Notre Dame. Oh, app. I saw, man. The athletic reported that. You don't think I saw our teammates? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it's just my love for funny. you is so, limitless. <laughs> so he's he's meeting with them at seven o'clock, which is brutal to say. <laughs> I'd like you to wake up very early and get. Yeah, somebody pointed that out in their Slack channel. Like, hey, man, I'm leaving you, and also, <laughs> you have to tell you at seven <laughs> So, um, I assume that Brian will be getting on a plane after that and coming to Baton Rouge. Correct, theoretically. Yes. Wait, going to be the question? very interesting. It's going to be very interesting if uh, Notre Dame is ranked number four in the playoff rankings tomorrow. Yeah. They're not going to be ranked four already. Where are they? I know. I mean, basically, Brian Kelly is going to be the biggest Oklahoma State fan in the world. And yeah. the biggest uh, just overall chalk. Maybe he's rooting for Bama, though. But otherwise, he's rooting for chalk across the board. Maybe yeah. Bama, because that helps two SCT teams get in. But, yeah, he is a – so, yes. Sorry, I don't know where I'm going with that. So – Give me a couple of storylines from your perspective of things we need to monitor in the next, you know, they're going to have a press conference tomorrow or Wednesday. Everybody's going to be cheering. He's going to be wearing a purple tie. Everybody's going to be excited. But to me, it's keep the recruiters on staff, keep the good coaches on staff. I'm not sure what he's going to do with the coordinators. I'm sure he hasn't had a lot of time to really grind some tape on what LSU looks like from his scheme standpoint. But that's that's the next big thing. But I assume the first thing is keeping the recruiting class intact, at least who he wants to keep. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you went through it pretty much. I think the first thing you watch for is how does he recruit this current roster, right? Like, I mean, there have been rumors of yeah. there's going to be a lot more guys on this team going on the portal. So can you hold that team together? Because there's so much talent on this team. You would assume he excites them. I talked to two players, you know, on background. They were pretty darn excited, you know, younger, younger players too. So that's a positive. But, you know, you just never know. So you got to follow right. that. And then, yeah, it's going to be immediately about this 2022 class. Like, this is such a good Louisiana year. And they already started losing some ground, right? You know, Trevante Citizen decommitted. All right, can you bring him back, that star running back? Um, you know, can, can they get, um, you know, some of like Le'Veon Moss, another really good running back who's committed to Texas A&M. Jacoby Matthews, the five-star uh, Louisiana kid from Ponchatoula. You know, now he's been trending A&M for a little while now after being an LSU commit. Can you bring him back in the fold? You would think Brian Kelly has the big enough name to bring momentum to keep at least a good chunk of these kids, but you just don't know. So I think that's the number one thing to watch. And then the staff is almost secondary. Yeah. Uh, Any chance Eli Ricks might uh, be swayed back? You know, that's a really, really, really good question. Um, I won't pretend. I think it's probably more of an uphill climb than the rest. 
I think he almost has like an idea of where he's going, things like that. But, you know, I think it's possible. He is a huge name. He does have that ability. Corey Raymond is staying. But I just I assume that one takes a bit more of a fight than some others. Right. Well, it's going to be a busy week. I know that uh, your offseason starts now, but it starts now in a really big way. So um hope you get some time off, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> Same to you, man. Uh, all right, should we wrap this up? I, I'm sure that we'll uh, have a lot more to talk about next week. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. It's uh, two podcasts a day. I mean, I feel like we should get some sort of award for that, right? Yeah, no, I think that we should deserve, you know, big raises and all that. But, you know, maybe that's the whiskey sour talking. The athletic podcasters of the day. I mean, sorry to Andy Staples. Sorry to everybody else on the, the staff. Like, this is this is ours. All right, everybody, sleep well. Go Tigers. Um, it's it's gonna. I think it's gonna be really good. So, uh, all right, thanks, Brody. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully, you listen twice today, and uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll have more coverage coming for you. LSU is the football coach. Bye, y'all.